Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Hello, good evening, welcome, willkommen, bienvenue to Achtung Millwall listeners. All around the globe tonight, we're on Sky Television. Global International Satellite TV Broadcasting South Bermondsey to the World. My name is Nick Hart. You are listening to number one Mill Podcast. Afghan Millwall, Burton Albion. About to kick us off tonight. Burton versus Millwall. Mill versus Burton, I should say. Tonight's Mill team, Jordan Archer in goal, Marlon Romeo, Byron Webster, Mark Beavis, Joe Martin across the back line. Midfield, we've got Chris Taylor, Ben Thompson, Sean Williams, Aidan O'Brien. Up front, Lee Gregory and Steve Morrison, the dynamic duo, as we know. Um, some controversy, of course, about these last two fixtures, the, the Bradford away fixture and tonight's home game versus Burton. Top of the table clashes both. Here come Burton, as I'm talking. Uh, the shot slammed into the bodies there. Some controversy as to whether Mill should have applied for a postponement with the international break because we're losing both Shane Ferguson and Jimmy Abdur, of course. Less importantly, David Ford. Um, as it is, we paid the price for it a, a little, I think, on, on Saturday. Little dink ball into the box there by Burton. Comes to nothing. One and a half minutes gone. We paid the price. Um, tonight's game going ahead. Ostensibly because we fancy the Sky TV money, dear listeners. Rather than postpone it, maybe get some fixture con- uh, congestion later on in the season. Well, I think it's small-time thinking by the club to have gone into critical top-of-the-table clashes, minus critical players, is uh, small-time thinking. and lacks ambition for me. And I think we paid the price for it on Saturday with that 1-0 defeat up there at Valley Parade against Bradford. And we'll see how tonight's proceedings go here. This is Burton on the attack coming down the left-hand side. Ball into the box. That's cleared by Beavers, I believe that was. As I say, I'll give it a name. It's small-time thinking by the club. We've been guilty of it all across our history. And despite all the razzmatazz, all the season ticket sales, the raised by lion nonsense, it just betrays a certain lack of... Um, Ambition. How, how much do we truly want promotion? Not enough. Not set against the 50 or grand that Sky pays tonight. Let's hope those words are rammed into my mouth. There's a deflected um, cross into the uh, Burton goalkeeper there, but in the, in the vicinity of Chris Taylor. Anyway, that's my rant over for today's show, listeners. Two and a half, two minutes, 57 seconds worth of rant. Sitting on the bench tonight is Harry Gurling. Don't know much about Harry Gurling. Never heard of him before, in truth, until these past few days. Sid Nelson is our substitute goalkeeper should uh, Jordan Archer go down, what with David Fall being away on international duty. Sid Nelson, Carlos Edwards, Kyron Farrell, don't know much about Kyron. Fred, who started on Saturday to no great avail. Ed Upson, Ditto and young Jamie Philpott who will be in danger of awaiting his start forever. John Marquis syndrome, that's called. Four minutes, here comes Joe Martin down the left-hand side lines, our first Real attack of any great note. He pauses and checks. Back in the centre now is Ben Thompson, the rising star of Ben Thompson. He plays it wide as a bad ball, just as I was heaping praise upon his young shoulders. Early pressure from Burton at the moment. 
Um, we went up there for the away game early on in the season, of course. They had a, a short burst of um, decent play in the first half. Disappointing first half up there at their stadium. I can't remember what it's called now. A long while ago. Kind of a non-leaguey type setup. Um, but in that burst of um, good form in the first half, they scored two goals, and the rest of the match was Mill trying to claw their way back into the game. Um, I thought, didn't think they were that bad a side overall, although we made them look good with that um, inept spell in the first half. Managed then by Jimmy Floyd, of course, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Now by Nigel Clough, Brian's son. Here they got a, a chance, here's a 12 on the edge of the Mill penalty area. Opportunity to slam home, it's well saved by Jordan Nigel. It's like a daisy cutter shot from the edge of the penalty area, Devin Burton. Nicely worked opportunity, probably should have made more of it. That was a real chance for their, their striker there. Very much on a new breed of small clubs doing well for themselves. What with Bournemouth up in the Premier League, now Burton topping the table. Um, not, not, haven't got the championship sewn up, but they're looking real contenders alongside Wigan, who won earlier on. Today is a day where the results didn't go our way, listeners. Um, I think Wigan won. I think um, Gillingham won. I think Barnsley won. Bradford got a result. And uh, we're still in the top six, but we're just by two goals, goal difference. So... We've certainly made heavy weather of this, and tonight's fixture, I, in my opinion, I've said it already, I will say it again, doesn't help our cause. Anyway, we won't bang on about that, will we? So apologies for no show Sunday, listeners. I, as with the great plans of mice and men, I set, had plans to set off for Bradford. Got to Saturday morning, events conspired against me. Family events conspired against me. Um, not much I could do about it. Couldn't make the game, so we had to settle instead for a makeshift show following tonight's game, which I didn't really intend to do, in truth. I intended to do on Saturday and in the usual routine on a Sunday morning, like you know and you love. But events, circumstances, as I think Damon Runyon might have put it, circumstances, if it wouldn't have been for the circumstances, we would have had a show. Burton trying to work a little angle in front of Jordan Archer there. It's cleared in end by Joan Martin. They're looking much more dangerous than we do at the moment, passing the ball around up front, moving it with speed and pace across our back line, no real opportunity there, but they look dangerous, dangerous, the liaison dangerous for Berton. So I went all, I went all uh, French, so yeah, I think it's called Karma, I didn't make the Bradford game, in the end I managed to get logged on to some moody internet feed, thanks to the various uh, links posted on the house of fun, I think I managed to just about log on late via YouTube of all places, looking at some right moody old websites at one point, trying to find a live feed that showed the game from Bradford, found it in the end, and I logged on just in time to see their striker heading past Jordan Arch about the 75th minute of the match. So um, basically I logged off, especially when I found out the link was four minutes behind Twitter. So you might as well follow it on that, even though it's like the modern day equivalent of, of Teletext. It's, uh, it was a bit more up to date. Uh, but a poor performance, so I missed, I missed on nothing in the end. It's a break for this league. Gregory, oh, ball over the top. He's got no one in the middle, unfortunately. He's got two defenders in front of him. It's O'Brien, great goal, O'Brien! One lot! Fantastic, cut back, top right, left hand corner by O'Brien. Beautifully put away, 1 0, Millwall! 11 minutes gone in the match. That's a nerve settler, thank Christ for that. I was getting a little bit worried, listeners. I don't know if you detected that in my commentary. Beautifully put away by Aiden O'Brien. Let's watch the replay, break down, the ball over the top. Right hand side. Lee Gregory cuts back. Aiden O'Brien kind of floats a shot over the goalkeeper. Fantastically. Put away. He's been out of form for some time. Let's hope that that's the spark that gets him back into form. He's a fantastic player when he's switched on. 1 0 Millwall. 12 minutes just coming up on the clock in the stadium. Well, that was just what Dr. All did, listeners, wasn't it? What with all those results going against us? Going 1 0 up at home to the top of the table side. That's what Dr. Beat ordered. Dr. Doc, Dr. Beat. Let's liven the stadium up somewhat. Something for the Sky TV viewers to have a listen to. I'm just thinking, so I'm describing all this in intimate detail for you, listeners. You're all watching it on Sky Television if you're not down here tonight and you, well, well you, you, of course you're going to listen to the podcast anyway, aren't you? It's part of the deal. I do them, you listen to them. That's part of the deal we've got. It's a contract. Ball into the mix there. It's headed back by Steve Morrison. It's bouncing around, one back well there by Ben Thompson, no, it's just over hit, that's going to go over a golf kick. Tenacious little player, Ben Thompson, I do like the look of that boy, I do like the look of that boy. So yeah, I missed nothing against Bradford on Saturday, other than a long drive up, and a long drive back, and a pissing, boring rain. 
So maybe there is, maybe it's called karma. I don't know, the Indians have a thing called karma. What goes around comes around. That the actions in this life benefit you in the next or some such nonsense. Anyway, whatever it was, I missed out there and I missed nothing by the sounds of it. Fair play to about the 400 foot lines fans that dig up there for that heap of pony though. Well done to you boys. Moment of panic there, a little clearance from uh, Jordan Nacho hits the Aris of the forward striker there, bounces high and thankfully wide of the goal, but it was just a moment's um, hesitation, I don't know what you want to call that really. Fantastic ball falls there from Williams, Gregory takes around the goalkeeper, 2-0 Lee Gregory, 17 minutes, and a fantastic little goal celebration, akin to an Usain Bolt, pointy finger, Archer style celebration, Milton Burton nil. Beautifully taken ball, he's watched the replay, all over the top, all over the top, finds Lee Gregory, past the uh, back line of Burton, as he takes it round the goalkeeper, with a plum, with a plum, 2-0. Also good camera awareness of where the uh, the Sky camera is showing in there for that little goal celebration, it was a kind of a cross between Robin Hood and uh, Usain Bolt for the finish there, he built nicely put away, nicely put away. He did well to take it around the goalkeeper, but there's still work to be done to slot it into the open net. Rather than become a YouTube novelty act, where you blaze it over, or wide, or whatever. Well done, Lee Gregory. 23 goals now, I believe. The dens are buzzing, the dens are buzzing. Robust little challenge there from um, Ben Thompson. Concedes a free kick over on the left-hand side. He's, he's arguing a toss, so the, I think the Burton players want him booked. No, I don't like to see players wanting other players booked. Referee succumbed to pressure, he's going to call him over. We'll see what he gives him. A little bit of pushing and shoving going on, and Morrison's in there, winding people up, that's good to see. Looks like there's a member of the Jackson 5 out there. Marlon, Tito, Jermaine, one of them for, for playing 34 for Burton Albion. And Ben Thompson's going to draw a yellow card. That was totally talked into by the Burton players there, in my opinion. Wanker, the crowd called him. That's right, referee. You wanker. They all just need to keep their heads here. I think Burton are schooled in the, the black arts of the game by that utter cad, Nigel Clough. Not patching his old man. Uh, they, they, they talk the referee into a yellow card. That puts Ben Thompson on a, on a warning, so he's got to be careful from here on as a young boy. He plays a robust game, doesn't he? He plays a robust game. Second yellow, see him go off. So... He's got to keep his head here. There's going to be a free kick over on the left-hand side. Coming up for 21 minutes. Burton desperately trying to find a way back into a game that can be slipping away from them. Any, any moment if Mill get a third. For the free shot of yellow now to one of the Burton players. He must have said something. Yellow card for the, uh, the four or the six. Can't tell. I suppose I should look at the HD level screen that's in front of me. The four. In comes a free kick from the left. Deep, 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 deep. Archer punches clear. Punt takes a chance and punches it clear there. Doesn't take the chance, rather. Concedes the corner. Maybe the ball's slippy. Certainly a very wet night in London. Storm Katie has had its way with us. Dri driven past a few um, scattered fences and whatnot, driving over here through mayor of the traffic coming over there. Only just made it in time for kickoff tonight, so maybe Jordan decided to punch rather than catch a slippy, slippy ball. Here come the lines again. Here's Chris Taylor. Plays it wide. He's got Marlon overlapping him. He's got uh, two, three yellow shirts in front of him. He's had to check back. Taylor's just inside him. Nice player, Chris Taylor. He's expressed an interest, of course, in coming to the Lions in the summertime. Always good to hear. Players that want to come and play for you, and he'd be very welcome. I like the look of him. That, that move broke down there, unfortunately, as you can probably detect by the uh, background sound around me. Nice pressing from Mill. Win the ball back just in front of the back line there. The ball's skirting around. It's Williams there, number six, doing the pressing. A player who draws some online criticism, but he's done well there, listeners. Byron Webster just trying to turn on the old Brazilian style over there. It slightly misfired. Um, I think it was for the cameras. He's playing up for the cameras. I think he sees himself as a, a future Premier League star. Trying to do a little bit of Brazilian shimmy there on the ball in their own defence. And it's uh, been punished with a mill free throw in, thankfully. But it nearly went wrong. Free kick all to Millwall on the 26th minute there. That's been pulling. Pulling on uh, Chris Taylor there, I think, by the uh, Burton defender. I don't know if it was Marlon or Tito Jackson. Whatever that guy's name is, I think he was pulling back on, on Chris Taylor. It awards a free kick, referee awards a free kick to Millwall. It's kind of right side of the penalty, about 30 yards out, I say. It's going to be a chance to cross the ball on this angle. But Webb's still got Morrison and we've got O'Brien in the vicinity of a penalty spot. Sean Williams going to take. 
27 minutes passes in the comes. Ball floated deep towards Morris at the back post. The goalkeeper fumbles. Morris is in on him, but he managed to recover. Got a text from my wife saying she tuned in at home to watch Millwall, but found instead of team playing with mobility, skill, and pace and scoring goals. Can't be Millwall, she reckons it's on Sky TV. Fnaf and half an arm is his heart. That's why I say another ball over the top there. Searching out the danger man, Lee Gregory. That's headed back comfortably in the end by the Burn defence. That was almost uh, another catch out there by the long ball forwards. Long ball over the top. Ball breaks wide left is Aidan O'Brien just on the edge of the Burton penalty. A little floaty crosses. Gregory in front of goal is headed over. 30 minutes, chance there for Mill. The header was too loopy over the bar in the end. Nice break down the left hand side from Aidan O'Brien. Ball in the box, but Gregory couldn't get enough power on the header. Chance. Rain teaming down here tonight, listeners. You can see it on the TV screen out there. Absolutely pissing down. Pissing down in South Bermondsey. That sounds like a, a good title for a novel, doesn't it? Maybe I ought to write it. Pissing down in South Bermondsey. Got a long ball launch forward. That's very much attacked for Mill tonight. Trying to find Lee Gregory. That one goes nowhere, sadly. Game's become a little bit um, scrappy, I think, last few minutes. Conditions certainly aren't helping. One thing that did fascinate me about the, um, the internet feeds available on, online, you've got Russian commentaries, you've got BN Sports, which I think is an Arabic station. I just had this strange vision of um, people watching Bradford play Mill in downtown Algiers and debating the uh, outcome over cinnamon tea or some such, you know, wagering uh, uh, the five camels for the, the, uh, whether Gregory will score the next one or not, that kind of deal. You know what I'm talking about. It's just, I just find the, the sheer global nature of English football quite something to, to behold nowadays. It's the idea of someone watching Bradford v Mill on the other side of the globe live is, is just quite incredible. But there we are. 33 minutes, Mill just need to focus on keeping Burton at bay. One or two relaxed slap balls of the last few minutes or so. It's a poor pass forward by Burton that gets us out of the hole there. Uh, just a little, ch not, not so much switching off at the moment. We've just got to be careful. We want to nurse this lead. We've got to get through to half-time, 2-0 ahead. Keep the pressure on them. We'll break out defence of Burton on the 42nd minute as it goes to 43. Again, passing the ball around well but for them in the, across the middle line. Mill conceding possession and con conceding space. The entire team line has fantastic tackle there by Steve Morrison. Fantastic tackle, he draws a free kick. That was total commitment by Stevie Morrison. Two minutes time allowed, so they must give a minute for each goal to be reset, because that's all that can possibly be. There's a half-time break, listeners. Mill lead it 2-0. Fantastic first half for Millwall overall. Um, in terms of play, I mean, I, I think we've contained them very, very well and hit them with the old classic ball over the top twice over. Um, Burton will be most dissatisfied with that performance. They've looked ragged, they've looked dispirited at times. They're, they're maintaining their passing game, but to no avail. We, we can see time and space to them um, from the, about half, the, across the halfway line inside our own half. Um, with the entire team, it seems packed behind, and then we look for the, the counter-punch ball forwards, and it's, it's paid off twice over. So very good uh, first half for the Lions. Mill lead it 2-0. You'll know all about this from watching the Sky Television, but why not listen to this show, Acton Millwall? It is the number one Mill podcast. And we'll be right back after these messages. Achtung, Millwall. So Jay Shaw, Jay Zong on Twitter says, if Williams and O'Brien are both having a decent game, then you know something must be in the air tonight. Hashtag, I can feel it, I can feel it. Doug Hume says we're playing well and probably deserve a two-goal lead. We might manage a draw out of this ever the optimist, Doug. Steve Evans asks if anyone else is waiting for Holloway to make some form of comment on how Gregory was the best £250,000 he ever spent. Um, to which this is Mill Glenn from Mrs Mill says, and he then slagged him off away at Middlesbrough, the carrot-crunching prick. Can't argue with that, Glenn. Paul Robinson, Paul 5 Robbo, says an impressive first half from the Lions. Mill halfway line says after an awful, awful performance at Bradford, this is the absolute bollocks, exactly what was needed. Uh, smiley face, Omer Remain says Ben Thompson is running the midfield again, he just seems to get better and better every game. And Johnny Suntan says good job to Burton Albion FC away support is so poor, the rest can switch to Coronation Street, come on the wall. All this Sky TV coverage is generating some high-level comment here. Mike Calvin says, excellent half by Millwall. He really likes the Burton 14. Chowdhury, question mark, but Wall defending well from the front. Two terrific goals, Millwall. Another one from Glenn says, honestly, that's not the first time he's seen Sean Williams play passes like that. 
if he could, if he Millwall's up a bit, if he gets a bit more Millwall, in other words, and stops being a pussy, he could do well. And Phil Parry from uh, BBC London Sport says a very good first half from Millwall. More of the same, please, is the word in the stands. Achtung, Millwall. Second half's underway, listeners. Lions attacking the cold blow lane in second half, as is traditional, as is proper, as is right under English law. So over the holiday, I've been reading the Alan Dunn uh, biography, done it the hard way. Fully recommend anyone, any Millwall fan, to uh, buy a copy, download it. I got it on the Kindle, um, read it in a few days. It's a fantastic read. It gives you the inside fly-on-the-wall description of events and people that you um, know and love or hate, as, as a case may be, over the past... Um, 15 odd years really of his professional career it's, it's a, a very well written book um, I would uh, give you a real insight into the character and um, you know what makes Alan Dunn tick there's a ball in the box that's towards striker number 10 that's put behind by a corner by Millwall in comes a corner near post it's flicked away by Sean Williams going to go for a throw in on the far side yeah so it gives you a little um, insight into his upbringing tough upbringing North London the uh, loss of his mum, having such an impact on his life. Um, all, it's a really fantastic read, and I would recommend any of you that wants to know a little bit about, a little bit more about how one of our most um, well-respected players, in my opinion, ticks, and what happened on the inside of the club over these past few years. Go, download it, get it. It's, it's, it's well worth it. You'll, you'll re be rewarded by buying it and reading it. I know that Dunn divides opinion. Um, I quite liked him as a player. Um, it also gives you a little bit of an insight into what you might call the uh, the red mist side of his game that people used to find frustrating at times. Uh, it just gives you a little bit of in insight into where that comes from and how that drove him on. And once you read it, you have a little bit more uh, understanding of why why that was all so. So yeah, fully recommend it. It's, it's, a, it's a cracking read. That's Alan Dunn's Done It The Hard Way. You can get it off of Amazon, buy it in book form. Or do what I did and just download it onto your phone or your iPad and read it on that, on Kindle. Well worth it. All goes to plan. I'm hoping to do a little interview with Alan Dunn about it. Um, obviously to uh, try and get a little bit more of a take on some of the issues and things that he describes in the book. The ball into the box, that's towards uh, uh, Chris Taylor. Ball headed up, the free kick conceded there. Little break down the left-hand side, ball deep into the box towards Chris Taylor. But referee pulls up play. 49 minutes approaches the 50th minute. Here come Burton down the right-hand side. Another deep ball into the box. It's headed clear by Marlon. It falls to Jermaine Jackson on the uh, halfway line. He's, he's, he's shot. It goes high and wide. As you will have detected by the division around me. One aspect of Dunn's book that did interest me was the way that the, the den can have an impact on a player. And, and Kenny Jacket in the foreword describes the den as an emotional place, an emotive place and how that can lit quite literally uh, produce fear in sometimes a home player and hopefully in the away side. It's, uh, I think sometimes it's hard not to underestimate the impact that this place can have on a player. There's Gregory, man who's come through his own difficulties, wins the ball inside the, the box, that's a ball back straight to the arms of the goalkeeper there on 50 minutes. Byron showing the importance of winning the tackle, another issue that Dunn describes, he's got a handball! Well the referee, he's going to give a corner, that look a clear handball to me. They won't show the replay inside the stadium for that. That looked like a ball forwards. Handballed by the Burton defender there. Why that were a penalty, I don't know. Referee's given a corner. The importance of winning the tackle that uh, Dunn talks about. Just going back to that, how you can't show weakness. As soon as you show weakness, you have lost the den. Once you've lost the den, they will never forgive you. There's a corner into the box that's headed back by Steve Morrison. It's high, it's bouncing around. It's cleared. Once again, second half, Mill pressing very, very high up the pitch. Not giving Burton a moment on the ball. It's a long ball forwards. I think Archer will take that, and he does. For a short boy, young Ben Thompson wins a lot of ball in the air. He has, he, he wins, he has Cahill, Cahill quality about him in that way. He seems to have a hang time aspect to his game. I think he's going to go a long, long way in this sport. And the fact that he's a Millwall fan playing for Millwall probably just gives that little bit of extra pleasure to him. Here he is, the 24. Steve Morrison on the right-hand side. Ball into the box. There's no one there. It's chested back. Dangerously so by the Burn defender, but in the end it works out well for them. Gregory with some fantastic work over on the left-hand side there. 57 minutes, he draws a free kick. Strong boy on the ball. I, I, one of the things that really improved in Lee Gregory's game this season is that, that hold-up ability. He's very, very strong on the ball. 
drew the foul from behind there, wins a mill free kick, left-hand side, 57 minutes gone. It's going to be Sean Williams from the left-hand side, but a free kick floated in, deep, 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 trying to find Marcinetti back. It's off the line. Who was that flying in there? Looked like Webster. It's gone wide of the, of the far post. Unlucky. 57 minutes. It weren't Webster at all. It was O'Brien. How could I mistake the two? One an Irish boy band member who does Sunday morning church songs. The other uh, a West Country haymaker. Ball from the middle trying to find Jermaine. Fantastic clearance by Mark Beavers. Fantastic clearance. Under pressure from Jermaine Jackson there. It's been an entertaining game. I've got to say that much. I hope the watching millions around the globe are enjoying it. I certainly am, that's for sure. Here come Burton. All forwards, it was offside. It must be offside. It was offside. 12 puts it in the net. But the, uh, his colleague up front overran, so he went a moment too early. And that was offside, 61 minutes. 33 puts the ball in the box as the 10. Shot on the turn, that's going to go off. No, it won't go off. It's so, such a screwed shot, it's gone almost to the corner flag. Burton have retained possession. Joe Martin in a, in, a, in a scramble over there, has gone for a corner, gone for a corner. Top of the league, you're having a laugh, seeing the Millwall crowd. So far, it's been very much that. I mean, my Burton have looked very ragged to me this whole whole match. They passed the ball around well, but their, their final third play has been very poor. And on some of the passing has been wayward, to say the least. So, yeah, it's very difficult at the moment with 64 minutes, coming towards 65 to see how they're top of the league. But there is still work to be done in this. I think we've still got to stay switched on. Fantastic sliding tackle from Marlon Romeo there. The full team bottled out of that challenge. Didn't fancy Romeo coming sliding along the floor there. 68 minutes. The spirit in this side is quite something to see. That's one of the most pleasing factors about the uh, you know recent form is the sheer team spirit that's going on for this Mill side. That is what this club is all about. That's what we all want to see. That's what we've been missing these past two years. Gregory draws the foul. I think that was professionally worked by Lee Gregory there. Took the, took the challenge, shall we say, from the 14, went down and took the sting out of the Burton moment there. It's a mill substitution. Aidan O'Brien's coming out of the game. Looks like Ed Upson coming in. He looked tired earlier. I took a knock. Aidan O'Brien. And he looked tired. I thought he's done very well this game. Made one or two errors in the second half. But the first half performance, very, very well. The opening goal and his, his general play down the wing now. Well done, Aidan O'Brien. Good to see him back on some kind of form. 70 minutes. In comes Ed Upson. A little bit of handbags. Mark Beavers and the Burton striker there. It was a 50-50 ball. Beavers went in to clear it. A little bit of handbags to follow. Dirty Northern bastards in the crowd. Fair assessment, I think. I think he made a meal out of it. So what he's got to see, the Mill team backing up their man there. That, that, that hasn't always happened in recent years, has it? Um, as it was, there was, a, there was a, a situation, a moment, where our man's in the mix with one of theirs and the entire team was straight in there to defend our boy. That is good to see. His yellow card, as you can probably detect, the Beavers. Some disagreement in the crowd. The referee's good reputation from earlier on is dissipating moment by moment. Just give him a free kick to Burton for not very much that I could see down at their own end. Just broke up a real attack there as we approach the 75th minute of the match. Yes, there's 75 minutes gone. Burton just starting to fall over to Alder now, trying to work everything they can. Crowd are, are, are rising to the occasion around me. All over the top, this is Gregory for a goal trip, surely. There's that no penalty. Trip from behind him, staggering forwards. No penalty given. What was the referee looking at there, listeners? You'll have to tell me. You'll be watching it on your TV screens, that like a clear-cut penalty. And I am sat down the other end of the stadium. Shit refs, we always get shit refs in the crowd. Ball into the mix, that's bobbling around. Dangerous for a moment, but Taylor will clear it with a big, huge hoof towards Lee Gregory, chasing down the, goal, the defender. Little professional push there, he wins it. Referee is in that, he didn't spot that. This is Ben Thompson. Saved, great chance. Ben Thompson put through by, unselfishly, by Lee Gregory. Opportunity for him to uh, finish the game off. Couldn't get enough power on the shot, goalkeeper saved it. 84th minute approaches. Lee Gregory's coming out of the game, listeners. To the applause of the den. Phil Bott's coming in. Broad grin on Lee Gregory's face, rightly so. Done well tonight. Fantastic performance in the front. Hard working. Fantastic goal. Everything you want in the striker. 
for me, my most improved player of the season, and I know that um, views and opinions differ on player of the season, but Lee Gregory is my man, player of the season. The 10 works this idiot ref yet again on the left-hand side of the penalty area. Marlon Romeo draws a yellow, allegedly for clipping him. It looked like he went down very, very easily. Wins a free kick late into the... Deep into injury time. About two minutes injury time gone. It's going to be a free kick. Opportunity for Burton to get yet another cross into the mill box. We've kept him at bay for the whole game. Done very well defensively for me tonight. This is a late, late chance for him to claw one goal back at least. He comes across. It's gone for deep. Manfred in the back post. Morrison will dribble it clear. Flamboyantly so. Dribbles it clear. And then concedes free kick uh, for possession from that flamboyance. We'll get absolutely no change out of this referee whatsoever as the game's gone along. There it is. Final whistle. Lions take it. 2-0. Fantastic team performance. Every man, jack of them, worked their socks off there tonight. That was a real response to that board display up at Bradford on Saturday. That was their answer. Fantastic team performance. Great 2-0 win over a team. But Paulsy Lee top of the table. Very hard to see that tonight on tonight's showing. Brilliant win for the Lions. Well done. The whole team. Achtung, Mehlball. All right, big welcome on the show now to Club... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Legend Alan Dunn. Welcome on the show, Alan. Thank you. Appreciate having me on. No, fantastic. Um, we're talking about your new book that's been published very recently, Done It the Hard Way. I read it over the weekend. Um, I thought it was a fantastic piece of work, mate. What what gave you the idea, Alan, to do a book? What what um, what was the lead into it? Did you have it on your mind for a while? Yeah, I just thought when I, when I hit, hit, hit 23, that was 21 years at the time, yeah. um, I'd, uh, I know Mike Calvin well, and um, I thought I'd give him a call. Um, and I had an idea of, of putting that into a, into a book and all, all my stories and highs and lows of of a career at one club, which was a long time. And and Mike uh, recommended Chris Davis, who was also a Millwall fan, and said sit down and have a coffee with him and and, and see how you get on. And we sat down, we'd done a couple of chapters, and um, he couldn't believe that some of the things that have happened. And, and he, he was laughing at some of them. And um, it was a uh, Amusing for him being a Mill fan and things that he'd never known happened and, and arguments with managers and a lot of stuff in there that um, people would never know and, and it's nice for him to get get an insight of what goes on behind of the scenes at a club like Mill. Because it's, I mean, that's that's what I picked up. I mean, I read it over the Easter weekend and it it is a real fly on the wall sense, Alan. Isn't it? I mean, for most people on the outside, football's a bit of a an enclosed world, but to get a glimpse of what it's like on the inside is, as you say, fascinating. Yeah, and obviously Mill's a fascinating club, and it's, it's not—it's always in the in, in the in the news. There's always something going on at Mill, and um, we've had some fantastic times there. And there's always a story with Mill, and uh, I've been part of some really really good times there, and and some and some low times. And um, for someone to read into insight into what what happens in a footballer's life, 
um, someone like myself, I think it interests people and, and, and why not put it in a book for them to read and so they get to learn more about the game and more about Mill Football Club. Very much so. I mean, what struck me, and I don't know how, how you'd um, f- uh, answer this, but it really struck me what a precarious existence it is to be a professional footballer. It, it looks to the outsider to be a very uh, glamorous profession. You're doing what everyone dreams of doing as a kid, but you're forever one bad tackle away from effectively a loss of your career, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I've had many sleepless nights, many, many down days, and um, it's hard enough to get to professional, get a professional contract, and then when you keep it, it's even harder to to get a career out of it. So um, the, the amount of footballers that, that are finished by the time they're 26 is uh, the percentage is really high. Um, yeah. You've got to, you've got to keep your place in the team, stay away from injury, earn another contract. All them pressures financially on you, the worry of it um, is always a worry. And, and you're in the team, they bring someone else, and you've got to prove yourself again. It's a constant roller coaster of emotions and. People don't see that um, the, the, the times I've come here and I've been on a really down time and, and not slept and, and sleepless nights. They all were, uh, all have been over the years, but um, I wouldn't change it for anything. And um, it, it does it does pay off when you have a have had a, have a good career and you get to achieve nearly 400 games for a club you supported as a kid. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's a very um, absorbing read, and I would recommend anyone listening to the show to get it. You can get it on Amazon, you can get it on the Kindle. I downloaded it, so it's dead easy to get hold of, and it just gives you this inside view of the club. I mean, it, the the managers that you've played under, fascinating range of managers, Alan. There from from Mark McGee, I think, at the start, and you know, yeah. through, through through Ian Holloway. Um, one thing that I, I was going to ask you about, and what is evident from your book, is you, you, you hold Ian Holloway in quite high regard. Now, that's probably going to be at odds, slightly with many, many fans' view of him. Um, but you, you took quite a, a decent view of him in the book. Yeah, I understand what, what the frustrations were of Holloway, and he did, he did make many mistakes. And, and uh, I felt that uh, the ingredients he had at the time weren't good enough. But... He has to take responsibility for the players he brought in, and the players he brought in were not good enough, and and uh, and that was down to him. Um, he brought in some players that were poor, um, and but I thought the players we had in, in in the championship weren't good enough for the championship, and I expressed that in the book. Um, as Holloway as a person, I have a huge respect for him. He, he did make me captain, yeah. um, and uh, I did learn a lot from him, um, and he, 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 he did give it his all. He just uh, he obviously didn't do. Do, do do the right job, and and I think that was a a, a, a combination of of well, not the right players, and and like I said, bringing the wrong players, and he has to take he has to take the credit, well, not the credit, to take the uh, the falls for that. So it's a difficult one with him because he made me captain. I have to respect him, and I didn't want to um, go out and, and 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 insult him in the book, and, and I just said what what I felt, and um, and that, that's where we are with it. One thing that I noticed, and that was kind of a repeat theme throughout the whole the whole book, is the power of team spirit. So, um, I think it was Dennis Wise. I think you you uh, mentioned as being the the kind of ultimate promoter of team spirit in many respects, and that's what we didn't see so much towards the end of the championship period. But what can be achieved mm-hmm. with a powerful group is quite something, isn't it? It was, and I think the players we when Holloway was there, we had a lot of players and a lot of big money, and uh, there was a lot of loanies, which sometimes can can take the opposite effect. Because they're not there the following year, that they're they're not entirely putting the club first, if you like. And we had too many of them players in the squad, um, and we could sense that the players who were there for the shirt, and I think that caused friction and, and it caused problems, and and that can that can have a down on the team. And um, otherwise, it wasn't that; it was a total opposite. We had players there who wanted to be there. Most were signed players. We had a good group of lads who were. Um, with a manager who created a team spirit and a bond by taking us out together. Yeah. Um, we'd go out for dinners with the, with the wives and girlfriends. They were all part of it. And it was a fantastic group of people we had. Um, and that's credit to Wise even Ray, who, who got that into the, implemented that into the squad. And, and it showed from taking us to the FA Cup final and almost getting to the Premier League. I mean, one thing that you are very interesting in the book is the the um, points that you made about how some players don't respond well to the den. There's a there's a certain type of Millwall player, and you were very much a Millwall player in, in in your time. But some some boys, some some talented players, just didn't seem to make it there. It's, it's an interesting thing as to who makes it and who doesn't, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not everyone can play at Millwall, and it's, it's a difficult place to play. And um, 
and players who, are, who have all the ability in the world struggle to cope with the pressures of how demanding the fans can be. And they demand a, a, a level of a certain expectation that every game you go out and you give your all for the shirt, blood, sweat and tears. And, and, and they want to see that. And if you don't see that, then they will they will have a moan up. Um, but players do struggle with that pressure. They, they're used to playing at family clubs where the pressures ain't like that and they have a bad game and they can walk off and... and it's not like that, um, and I've seen many players, you know, like I said in the book, and, and, and certain players who've made a debut, and, and they just can't cope with that pressure of, of having to perform week in week out. Um, it's an expectation thing. You seem to respond to that in in a way that many don't, Alan. I mean, one one of the lines I've picked out here is that you you almost prefer criticism to praise at times. Would 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 you would you? Yeah, definitely. I, that... I, I sort of. Yeah, it, it does, I get the when I get praise, it's sort of um, I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, I like when my back is against the wall. I like when when Kenny used to not tell me when I did well. Yeah. Um, so I never knew what he was thinking, and I'd always have to go again the next game because I was always trying to impress him. Um, if the manager was to constantly praise me and tell me how good I've done, um, I take me foot off the gas, and I think um, uh, and, and some players can do that. You, you, you sort of take yourself for granted, and you think that you're. You're, you've made it in a way. And at a young age, I got a lot of praise, and um, it, 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 just, it didn't help me. So I think uh, always having me back against the wall and not knowing what the manager thinks always helped me. And I think that that's a tool to use going forward as, as being a manager. It's almost like you get too comfortable, in a sense. Then in that in that case, so you get too... complacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear. You. Um, Kenny Jacket played what struck me as quite a large role in your playing career. It almost um, took you from one level to another. Would would that be a fair thing to say in, in many respects? He brought the best out of you? He did, yeah. He gave me a wake-up call because I was falling into a complacency state where I was I was comfortable at the club and I thought I'd be there forever and I didn't have to perform week in, week out. And It's probably a bit of young and immaturity, but Kenny, Kenny gave me a wake-up call and, and, and he was a very experienced guy and... Um, he wanted me to. He wanted all his players to be on the same page as him, and that's to have a desperation to succeed in, in, in football, in life, to come in and, and be desperate to want to win and, and perform every single day. And, and he drilled that into us, and, and, and it become infectious. And you learn off that, and then you want to be part of that. Um, and, and, and I have to have credit to him for that. He was uh, um, very professional, and he used to the way he dissected games and how he. He was so enthusiastic in, in his work and, and professional that you could, you could only want to be part of that. Um, and I think that huge credit goes to him for that. And we did the foreword to the book, which in itself is an interesting read. Um, and and, and he's, he, he kind of alludes to you maybe moving on into management at some stage in the future, coaching and, and management. Is that, is that a direction you see yourself going in, mate? Yeah, I'm planning for the next stage of my career now and my, my playing days are over and having worked with so many managers and coaches who are, who have been, some have been good and some have been poor and um, having taken a lot of knowledge from, from all of them, I feel I have built up my own philosophy and what my own um, uh, view on football is and I want to put them into practice and um, I think Kenny liked how, how I had the uh, ambition and I had that bit of... Um, mental strength and, and to go on and be a manager, which you need, and, 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 and uh, it's a thing and he put in the forward, which is um, says that I've got the attributes to be a manager, and I, and, and, I, and I really appreciate that because Kenny knows what he's talking about, and he wouldn't say that just to make me feel good or just to put it in there to make the book look good. He speaks very honest, Kenny, and um, and uh, if he says something, he, he definitely believes in it. Well, he also says you've got a shrewd football brain. And I, I mean, that was the phrase I picked out when I was planning to talk to you tonight. And I thought that's an interesting choice of phrase because for the reasons you've just said, he's not, a man to, um, he's not a man to bluster, is he? I mean, if he says you've got a shrewd football brain, you've got a shrewd football brain. Yeah, I, I, I don't sit there and, 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 and look into the sky when, when he's talking. I, I study him, I study the game, I study football, I study the training, I study the coaching what works and don't work and um, and something that because all I know is football yeah. all I've ever done is football I want to put it into practice and um, when he when he asked questions in meetings and when he when he asked for my advice and I gave it to him um, it made sense to him and um, and and I think from that he, he, he obviously knows that I've got my own opinion and my own way of thinking that he liked and I wasn't one to sit on the fence whether it was he agreed or not I'd, I'd state my opinion and um, and I think he respected that 
Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I was interested in the, um, obviously, the famous um, dressing room speech that you made under Holloway, um, you know, where they basically called upon everyone to, to dig deep. It mattered to you and asked questioning whether it mattered to other people in quite the same way. It was very much a fan's perspective in that way, Adam, wasn't it? Well, that, that was coming from yeah. the heart. It was, uh, yeah, it was eight games left. We was down now and just seven points off, off, um, off, off survival when we had some big games coming up and, and sometimes it, it wasn't planned. It just happened and, uh, I just, we had a training session and it was just, it was gone. There was nothing there and the lads had just looked like they were down and out and they weren't trying and I just snapped and sometimes I have this sort of thing inside me when, when I lose my head and I see red and, <laughs> and, and, and um, it's, it's, I've had to control it over the years due to the fines. But um, in this case, uh, I spoke my mind and I, I told people a few home truths and um, from the heart, I teared up a little bit, but um, I felt I felt better afterwards here and a couple of boys afterwards come in the shower and said, look, I agree and yeah. all the way was speechless and, um, and a few of them players brought their ideas up and we went on to went on to an un- eight un- game unbeaten run and kept us up that season so um, yeah looking back on it it was uh, it did work at the time the phrase I picked out which I really liked actually was that you have a bomb inside your head that almost waits to explode at times and I, I that, it just really amused me when I read that because it so came through in your playing style but there was that yeah. there was that combination of um, the bomb inside your head but the, I always felt you're an underrated defender I always felt that you gave everything you had to give on the pitch and you're much more effective. I think you're always given credit for. Yeah, I wasn't the most talented at times, and and um, but I, I had ability, and and I always give it my all, and I never swerved away from a challenge. I always put myself up for it, no matter what week in week out, whether I'm playing well or not playing well. I'd never be one to say I was injured or or, or I don't want to play. I'd always want to put myself up for the challenge, and week in week out, I would never give up on the training field and on the field, and I'd always give my all. Um, however, however bad it was going, or, or however um, well it was going, I'd, I'd always keep going, and that's something I'm proud of in my time at Millwall because it's, it's, it's a place where some people would give up and, and, and walk away from it, and, and and I never did that in any game. I always gave my all, and, um, and and I think people, fans looking back at it now, can see that, and, and they and they and they respect that. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, the, the book is a very honest book. Um, you don't shy away from the good and the bad side of, um, of of yourself, and I think that's one of the toughest things anyone can do. Um, the final chapter I found quite moving. The one where you you, you, um, you mentioned that your mum and you know the uh, the trials and tribulations that she had in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found it a very powerful piece, and I, I, I want to yeah. take my hat off to you, mate, because that couldn't have been an easy thing to to write. Yeah, I appreciate that, and um, I've had many messages from from people. Um, a lot of them women saying that they they didn't wasn't expecting that at the end. And no, tears I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and it was something that I was wasn't sure about putting in because it was a, it was very personal to my own family, and it's something that we, we we've only ever known ourselves. And, um, but I thought if I'm going to do a book and tell my whole story, then it was a big part of my life. And obviously, um, losing your mum at 18 when you've got a brother who's 20, another brother 16, and two sisters 14 and 12, they're a very tight knit family. You know, an unexpected death. It did really, really, um, really um, like hurt me at the time, and it still does today. And I. And I feel like I put it in the book, and and um, people can and read it and see. It's not a feel sorry for me thing. I think everyone's got their own problems in in life, but it's something to read and share. And and for young people out there who have lost a parent, um, and and it may go off the rails a little bit. It, it can help them because um, I nearly I nearly did go off the rails, and I managed to to meet someone very lucky who got me back on the rails, and that was my wife. I mean, that comes through a lot in the book again. I was going to mention that to you before we close out. Um, Clearly, the influence of your wife and family is, is a, has been a, um, shall we say, a calming influence in your life. Um, would that be a fair way to put it, do you think, Alan? Yeah, at times, yeah. <laughs> um, she's not here, so yeah, at times I can say that. But no, she lost her mum when she was 16 and I met her and she's from a similar background to me and, and, and similar upbringing. So um, she did just gave me two wonderful kids and, and settled me down and, and, and made me see that there is... Um, life isn't all about football, and and um, it, it is about family as well, and and about love, and, and and she's given me that and supported me and helped me through through many dark days, and um and I think from, I have to hold my hat off to her that it, her and, and, and my dad I, I wouldn't be where I am today.
Fantastic, mate. I, as I said at the start of this little interview, we're doing it at half time in the interview in the England game, listeners. So um, I'm trying to I'm trying to reel Alan in now so he can get back to the second half. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a fantastic read, mate. Um, I take my hat off to to produce it. It's well worth anyone's um, time if you've got half an interest in the club. Um, I just want to close out with a uh, a quote. I think Kenny Jacket said to you in the dressing room, Alan, that don't become a nobody. Um, that was that was in one of his dressing room speeches. I, I take it. Yeah, he said to me like, "Work hard, don't become a nobody, don't phase out the game, and and be a nobody, and and, and not a nobody in the sense of being a nobody, but don't do what, put all you put into your football, and then go and phase out and, and and do nothing. Keep going, stay on the stay on stay on the right track, um, keep working hard, stay focused and determined, and, and go and make a career after football for yourself. And I think that's good advice because some players would would take their foot off the gas and and, and go and, and fade out of football and and. And, and I don't think he feels that I've got, I, I should do that. He thinks I've got something to offer. And um, I think it's very good advice for me, him, and, and, and honest advice. Fantastic. Well, Alan Dunn, you're never a nobody, mate. That's that's brilliant piece of work, Thank mate. Thank you. Um, and thanks for coming on the show tonight. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.